0: What's up, church? What's up? What's up? What's up? Can I have all y'all stand up? We got an exciting, exciting, exciting day. Hey, can all y'all pull out your phone real quick? Pull out your phone real quick. Turn on. Turn on. Um, A very good friend of mine, Rob Pace, put together that app, and they are getting feedback from people all over the country um, about the services they're getting in the community. And the the money they're raising is for their nonprofit organizations. He wanted to leverage the feedback that you get and, and be able to fund nonprofits. So here's an opportunity for us to... Generate money, Toys for Joy. Toys for Joy costs around $400,000 a year. We uh, service around 20,000 people every December during our Christmas thing, 5,000 volunteers. It's awesome. Uh, here's a way that you can, every time you give a piece of feedback to a company, whether it be a car company, one of the department stores you go to, the fast food place, to go in and say, Here's the service I got, what I didn't like, what I did like. We a- We we'll also do it for the church at some point. You know what what serves you. And so if you text, the word toys to 52525. To five to five. Right now, you can go to your text and text the word toys to 52525. To five to five. Every time you give a piece of feedback, $2 goes to Toys for Joy. 100% of your money will go to buying a toy or food for all the people at an event. So if you get out, let me see your phones, let me see your phones. Very good. If you get out your phone real quick and text the word toys to 52525, to five to five to five, it'll send you a link and it's about 40 seconds for every piece of feedback. So you go to Get some eat, boom, boom. Or you can sit there and do a bunch in one day, and they'll give you a prompt. It lasts for 30 days. That's it, 30 days. So text toys to five to five, to five. Amen, amen. Are y'all ready? Okay. So every week I tell you this is the most important message of your life. <laughs> this is going to be the most important message of your life. And we, we, we we I've done it a couple times yesterday, today, and um, uh, I've never seen 90% of the people come forward like today and yesterday. And so God is going to challenge you and my, I'm going to pray for you that, that God would just blast you. If you're new, my name is Miles, we come to church to get something new and to change. Not to hear what we want to hear. Amen. Okay, Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Rock our world, overcook our grits, step on our toes, do whatever you want to do. But we're ready in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, You better be ready. Better be ready. Get your Bibles out. Get your Bibles out. Wanna say hello to all the campuses and everybody out there and all the military out there? God bless y'all. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Get your Bibles out in the count of three. Say word. One, two, three, one, two, one, two, one, two, one. Can't on one. One, two, three, say word. Turn it. Revelation chapter 12. Revelation, the last book of the Bible, all the way at the end. The last book of the Bible. Revelation 12. The last book of the Bible. Revelation 12. There was a guy named Jimmy who died and found himself at the gates of heaven, the gates were locked. He didn't understand. So he started banging, ringing the bell. Banging on the gates. And saying, you know, I'm Jimmy. I'm coming to go to heaven. And as he was screaming through the gate, the devil showed up and said, you can't go in there. He said, Yes, I can. Jesus died for my sin, rose from the dead. He loves me. And um, that's salvation. And that is the gospel. Jesus did die for all sinners, which is every person. Jesus does love you and he did rise from the dead and if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised from the dead, you will be saved. All that is true. So Jimmy recited that truth and he said, yes, devil, I can get in. And then the devil, the accuser, who is this guy right here, he pulls out this. He says, no, you can't go in. Me and you got a contract. We got an agreement. He says, what do you mean? He says, well, you remember when we talked the other day. we agreed that you really didn't have to give your whole heart to Jesus, that you could just kind of go to church, kind of be committed, kind of pray, kind of obey, and that if you just kind of looked Christian in your cultural way, Jimmy's from the United States, so I talked to the United States. If you just kind of be lukewarm in and out, and, and that you really didn't have to serve, you didn't really have to do all that stuff and obey and give money and all, you know, just kind of looked apart, that God would know your heart, that really that you were kind of intending to do that, and that you would go to heaven. So me and you agreed to that, and here's all the evidence that that's how you lived your life. You weren't really committed. And as they're having this conversation, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit show up on the other side of the gate. And he goes, Father, Father, don't don't you love me? He says, Yes, I do. Didn't you send your son Jesus died for me? Yes, I did. D- Jesus, didn't you die for me? Yes, I did. Did you rise from dead? Yes, I did. Holy Spirit, weren't you in my life? Yeah, I was I was there. He says, but 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 what he's saying is true. You you never really committed. So we never really knew you as our child. We knew you as a churchgoer. And so you can't come in. Today we're going to talk about some of the contracts you all have with the devil. Because Every time you sin you make a contract with the devil. You make an agreement. And what he accuses you of day and night, which we're going to read here in a minute, is what you have agreed to him. So we're going to talk about the the contracts. Every time you sin you make a contract. We're going to talk about the legal right he has to accuse you based on your contracts. And we're also going to talk about how when you make a contract you submit your part of your life to Satan. But most importantly, we're going to talk about how to do this. Tear these bad boys up. Amen. We got to tear it up. So let's read. Let's read Revelation just to get some context to this. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, it says Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before God day and night? The reason that you need to pray without ceasing, which First Thessalonians five seventeen says, pray without ceasing, because the devil's accusing you day and night. It's a spiritual battle going on constantly. Now salvation and strength have come to the kingdom of our God, and the power of His Christ have come for the accused of our brethren. Who accused them before God day and night, and they overcame Him by three things: the blood of the Lamb. The word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Those are the three steps we're we'll gonna get to in a minute. Number one of your notes every sin is an agreement to submit to the authority of the devil. Every sin is an agreement to submit to the authority of the devil. Let me go through, if you're new, let me go through what's up here. We're talking about the courtrooms of heaven. We started this series like four weeks ago. Last week we talked about what was in your book. We talked about the Holy Spirit. We'll get to that in a minute. But in any courtroom, you have a judge. God is a judge, he judges according to righteousness, not his whim and his feeling. You have the mediator, Christ, who is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he brings us into the presence of the Father. We are, the Bible says, seated in Christ. We're not over there being judged like we're bad people. If you've been forgiven, you are seated right here. This is good news. So when you pray, you're praying from this position. Can I get an amen? It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Jesus' blood speaks better things than Abel's blood. Abel was killed by Cain in Genesis 4. And the Bible says that Cain's blood cried out conviction and condemnation on his brother who killed him. This blood cries out forgiveness and redemption. And it speaks in the court. Then you have Jesus, I mean the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Say helper. Say helper. And and the Bible says in Romans 8 that the, the, the Holy Spirit helps us pray because we don't know what we should pray. One of which we don't know what he's accusing us of, the Holy Spirit will tell you. And we also don't know what's in our book. This is the book, the prophetic testimony of God of what your life is supposed to be. We talked about this last week. This is the prophetic testimony. Your book is your prophetic testimony of your kingdom purpose. So this is the courtroom, and there's angels, and then a cloud of witnesses, a whole bunch of other stuff going on here in the court. But when you pray, you come to court. Your prayers are—you a lot of times your prayers are not being answered on earth because you got litigation going on in heaven. You got the devil holding your prayers. If you're saying, Let me in heaven, let me in heaven. And the devil says, Hold on, hold on, we got agreements, baby. You can't go in there. Legitimate accusations that you have. So, number one, when you make, when you sin, you, you form an agreement, an agreement which is an act of agreeing of one accord or a contract or covenant with the devil. For example, Unforgiveness, someone offends you and God says, I want you to forgive them. And the devil says, no, don't forgive them. Hold a grudge. You have to make a decision. Who do you believe? You're either going to forgive or you're not going to forgive. You're not going to be in the middle. Unforgiveness, unforgiveness is an agreement with Satan to trust holding grudges versus giving grace. And by the way, giving grace like you have been given grace. How many of you have a grudge against somebody right now? Just raise your hand. We're not going to judge you because we're talking about not judging. Some of y'all like, <laughs> what's that? Just scratching your chin. I'm like, yeah. I <laughs> okay, I'll hold my hand up too. Okay, how many, how many of y'all have a grudge against somebody? Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. That's a contract. That's a contract. And by the way, if you ever say, I, I, never, I, don't, I don't hear the voice of God. Yes, you do. You know that's wrong. That's the voice of God. It's not complicated. Uh, Lust and agreement with Satan to trust false pleasure of many versus the pure pleasure of one. Sunday is the day that pornography is watched more than any other day during the week. Today. And so what the devil says is that God says, I want you to enjoy the pleasure of one. And the devil says, forget that. You're going to enjoy the pleasure of many. And you have to make a choice. Do I enjoy the pleasure of one or do I enjoy the pleasure of many? And by the way, this is false pleasure, because you ain't never gonna have that. I mean, unless you're a player, you got you may have some a few on the side, but there's a whole lot more you're lusting than after than you ain't never gonna have. It's all in your head. And by the way, I don't want to get too much down the weeds on this, but pornography will rewire your brain, which will make you incapable of being intimate with one. Incapable. All you fellows out there to think every time a woman says to you, hi, she wants you, that's your brain. That ain't true. Hatred, hatred is an agreement with Satan to trust hate versus love. Mistreatment of your wife is an agreement with Satan to trust your pride over your humility. Robbing God, not tithing, not being generous is an agreement with with Satan to be greedy versus being generous. These are all legal contracts that have legal implications in your practical life and in heaven. We'll get to that in a minute. Judging people is an agreement with Satan to trust putting people down versus building people up. And by the way, when you pull somebody down, you can't pull somebody down unless you are below them. No, you don't. You're like, man, that person, they're doing better than me, and, and, and they have more than me, and, and, and I'm envious of them, and I'm jealous of them. And so, how can I pull them down so I can feel better about my pitiful self? So, the devil says, Here's how you can feel better about your pitiful self. One, he's the one calling you pitiful. Then he tells you how to how to address the name he called you. That's not really true, and so you pull him down, and that's a contract with the devil that he's going to bring up in the court. So when you pray, the devil's going to say, "Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up." God, this is what's going on with homie, a homet. Number three, number two, <laughs> number two. Agreements with Satan give him legal authority. I'm going to channel my Jamaican grandparents. Legal authority. Legal authority over areas of your life. You are actually submitting to him. Power is the ability to do something. Authority is the right to do that something. You are telling the devil, I give you authority over that part of my life. I'm going to read a verse to you, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. It may trip you out a little bit. You're like this can't really mean that. Maybe it doesn't, but it does for today. Chapter Five, Verse One. There was sexual immorality in the church in Corinth, and Paul was addressing this and he, and he says something that 's pretty really deep. it says in chapter five verse one, it says "It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and such sexual immorality as not even among the gentiles there's stuff going on in your church that i don 't even see on TMZ he 's like y'all are tripping, tripping now." I talked to a lot of people, obviously, and you know, people go to Rock. Hey, hey, I go past the mile and go to Rock. Hey, you know, okay, okay, good. Sometimes people say, hey, people at your church do this. I'm glad those people are here. You ever hear that term? You got a bunch of hypocrites in your church? This is where hypocrites need to be. This is where you get unhypocritized. <laughs> How many of y'all got hypocrites at work? Okay, at, at the ball game. At the, at, the, at the softball field. I mean, they're, hip, they're everywhere. But this is the only place we're talking about trying to unhypocritize you. There we're talking about, you know, enforcing it, reinforcing it. So here's, here's what Paul says. He says, listen, if you're, if you're a freaky and you're out there sleeping around, listen, fine, but, but God's going to talk you out of that agreement because that agreement is going to bring death. The wages of sin is death. It won't work. I talked to a guy once, right there. One week his wife said, uh, came up to me to pray, and she said, My husband's cheating on me. They live right up the street from this building. I said, Ask him to come talk to me. He came. He told me, Yeah, I'm cheating on my wife. So about a year later, he came up to me and he introduced himself as the guy who was cheating on his wife. I said, How's that working out? The wage of sin is death. Death's coming. Death of something is coming. He started crying. My family's broke up, but I think it did the right thing. Okay. If that's if your family breaking up is doing the right thing, then I can't help you. But here's what he says. He says in verse four, in the name to these people who are committed sexual immorality, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together, along with my spirit, with the power of the Lord Jesus, deliver such a one to Satan, for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved. In the Lord Jesus. Here's the thing if you want to smoke weed and go to church, forget the law. I don't care what the law says. If you want to smoke weed, if you want to watch pornography, you want to cheat on your wife, and and, and all that stuff may be okay out there, but in the kingdom of God, if you want to do all that and come to church, here's what I would say to you or, or claim you're walking with God, do one or the other. Be committed to one. Fellas, imagine if your wife came to you, and your girlfriend said to you, "Listen, I'm going to be intimate with you 90% of the time, but I got another guy. I'm just going to give him 10%." Fellas, say minute if that's okay with you. God don't want 90%. God's not blessing 90%. He wants 100%. So he's like, "Listen, just go do it and." You have to really be convinced that those contracts with the devil don't work. You have to be convinced. So go full bore and, and drink yourself to oblivion. Go commit crimes, please. I'm not trying to tell you commit crimes because I, I believe in law. But if you're going to go out there and do all that, go ahead and find yourself in jail. And when you really realize following the devil don't work, then come to God 100%. But don't be back and forth. Don't walk the fence because it's barbed wire on the fence. You get what I'm saying? You can think about that. Unforgiveness. What you're saying, unforgiveness, what you're saying when you make an agreement not to forgive, you're saying, unforgiveness, I trust you to give me your best. God says forgive. The devil says don't forgive. You're telling unforgiveness, I'm trusting you that I will have better results if I trust unforgiveness. Lust, I have better results lusting than being faithful. Hatred, I have better results if I hate than if I love. So hate, give me your best. You're telling hate to give you its best when you trust and make that contract. Mistreating your wife. If I mistreat, the devil tells you if you mistreat your wife, you'll be happier. And so you're saying, okay, I'm going to mistreat my wife and whatever happens from that, that I think is going to be better than if I don't mistreat my wife. That's what you're saying. You may not realize it, but that is what you're saying. Give you another example. I think eating Twinkies every day, all day, I choose that over working out and eating clean. So if you choose the Twinkies, what you're saying is that I believe that if I eat Twinkies, I'm going to be happier and more healthier than if I don't. And so go ahead and eat Twinkies and find out what happens. And when you're in the hospital, then decide, or, or please before when you're in the hospital, but at some point, I got to give that up. Now i am not saying you can't cheat and have a Twinkie every now and then. Because it's not like, you know, robbing somebody. But who are you in agreement with? Robbing God. I trust that if I am greedy, if I steal, if I cheat, I I will welcome the consequences of that. Better, I prefer it. I submit it. If you're an alcoholic, you are submitting yourself to the power of alcohol. You're submitting yourself. Number three, satanic agreements give the devil legal, legal right to challenge you in heaven's court. You come to prayer, and the devil says, Hmm, hold up. The brother's been lusting, ha, uh, hold up, ha. he's been not treating his wife right, hold up, hold up, hold up, he's been judging people, hold up, hold up, he, he don't forgive people, hold up, hold up, hold up. here's all his issues, I got his issues right here, and, and you're sitting there praying, and the devil's going boom, 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 because he's accusing before God day and night, he's accusing, and remember when he accused Job in Job chapter 1 and 2, he did not accuse, this is deep, because I didn't even get to this one, he didn't accuse Job of what Job did. Job chapter 1, the Bible says Job prayed for his kids, he made sacrifices, he was a godly man, he shunned evil, he was a righteous man. And the devil said, but his motive is wrong. That was the devil's accusation. So I'm in church, I say word, I I wait for him to say one, two, three, then I say word and then I bring my Bible and I'm in a d-group and I I give and all stuff. But is your motive Right? And I'm not saying those don't do all those good; those things are good. But God's like, I'm, I'm looking past even your action. What's in your heart? Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? That's why our definition of a disciple is someone with a disciplined pursuit of the heart of God. Not the habits. If you have God's heart, you'll do the action. But you can do the action without the heart. So are you hungering for God's heart? Unforgiveness, you come pray, and the devil hears his accusation. His accusation is they didn't forgive. Here's his accusation, Mark eleven twenty-five. 25. Uh, uh, Jesus, didn't you say that whenever you stand praying, if, a, if, if you have anything against you, f- uh, uh, forgive him? That your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses? Didn't you say, Jesus, about Jimmy, that if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive? Didn't you say that, God? This is the devil talking. Oh, by the way, devil, didn't you also say, uh, father, didn't you also say, uh, didn't Jesus also say, you have heard that it was said of those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust has already said, Uh, God, didn't you say that about your your friend uh, Jimmy? It's in the Bible. Well, he's not doing that. Oh, by the way, uh, God, didn't you also say this, Matthew 21, you heard that it was said of old that you should not commit murder, but whoever murders is in danger of judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry in his heart, Whoever is angry in his heart shall be in danger of judgment. Didn't you say that? That's my accusation. Oh, by the way, uh, 1 Peter 3.7, didn't you say, God, that if you mistreated your wife, your prayers would be hindered? By the way, let me remind you, uh, Jimmy, the Bible says, husbands likely dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to a weaker vessel and being heirs to the grace of God, that your prayers will not be hindered. These are the legal arguments. They are biblical. Guess what God has to do? God says, that's my word. That's God's word. All he's doing is holding God at his word, and he's holding us to his word. You're saying, well, do I have to be holy? Like, do I have to be trying to be perfect? Of course. Well, I'm never going to be perfect. Well, let God decide how perfect you will get. In other words, don't say, well, I'm always going to sin, so I just might as well do it. Say, God, I love you so much, and you are worthy. I used to curse. I don't curse anymore. I used to smoke weed. I don't smoke weed anymore. I used to do cocaine. I don't do cocaine anymore. I used to have girls. I don't do that anymore. I have one wife. I can go on and on and on. Well, how can I stop those things? Well, why don't I keep going? When do, when do I say I'm good enough? God says, I want you to pursue me with all your heart. Uh, robbing God, Malachi 3, 8. <coughs> well, a man robbed God. Say, Rob God. Rob. Yet you have robbed me. You're a thief. you say, How do I how am I a thief to you, God, in tithes and offerings? It says, You are cursed with a curse, you have robbed me, even to this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the straw house that there may be food in my house. We are talking about tithing, we don't want your money, we want your money. Guess what? The reason Jesus talks about money so much because money is so tied to your heart. The last part of people's salvation is right here in their wallet. We should not have $29 million debt on this building. We have days where I didn't get paid because of giving. That should never happen. People say, well, let me see if I like the sermon, then I'm going to give if I like it. I don't like it. I don't like what he has on. I don't like what he says about this. I don't like what he says about this. It's like it's like a show. I just gotta say what I gotta say, and then God's gotta hopefully minister to your heart. It was a friend of mine. His daughter was dating a guy. He's a pastor, and when his daughter was dating a guy, he asked the guy about his tithing because he didn't want his daughter to date a thief. Some of y'all are like, dear God bless my business. And God says, and the devil says, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You want God to bless your business? I got a contract right here that says that you're just gonna give 20 bucks when you make hundred grand. And it says right here that the windows of heaven only open when you are faithful. To be generous. God says, He's right. I'm right, I wrote that. So what do we do? Three things. Look at Revelation chapter 12 verse 11. In a minute we're going to break tear up these contracts. Say amen if you know you got a contract. Amen. Let me say it again. Say amen if you know you got a contract. Amen. amen. Three very simple things. Number 1. Number 1. Break or denounce all contracts and agreements with Satan and declare the blood of the lamb over them. It's very simple and we're going to pray this in a minute. Dear God, I denounce my agreement with pride. I denounce my agreement with lust. I denounce my agreement with gossip. I denounce, I denounce, I denounce. And I claim the blood over my sin. This is why it's so important to ask the Holy Spirit, what is he accusing me of? What does the devil have on me? What does he have on me? What sin have I come so used to living with that I don't even realize it's a sin. There's so many of you come here, you don't bring your Bible. Why? Because a little voice told you, eh, it's not necessary for you to have your Bible. They'll put it up on the screen. I fought so long to put it up on the screen for that very reason. But there's people who come here for the first time and they're lost. I don't want them to be lost. It's not for you. You need to know how to navigate this book right here. And so you need to take it upon yourself to say, No, I'm bringing my Bible. But the devil says, hey, you, don't need to, you don't need to sign a D group. You don't need to go to R group. You don't need to serve. You don't need to give. You're not really, really tired. Come on. What do they think? This is California. And You don't need to. Because, they don't, because the devil doesn't want you to understand the blessing of God. You don't need to pray every day. You don't need to read through the Bible. And you go, Yeah, 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 yeah. Just go every now and then. And you think that's biblical. And all those are contracts. And then you come to God when something bad happens. You say, dear God, why did you leave me? the devil goes, because I suckered you, fool. This is why you ain't blessed. Because I got you. Now, here's the good part. There's a story in the Bible. Jesus says, "If you go to the altar and present your altar, and you realize your adversary has something against you, leave your gifts at the altar and agree with your adversary." When I pray when I ask two things. I, the minimum, I ask is Holy Spirit, what's I am being accused of? Give me specifics. But then I say, "Whatever the devil's saying about me, whatever my adversary is accusing me of, I agree with him. I don't need to argue. I'm guilty." But I claim the blood of the Lamb over here. What does that mean? What does that mean? Is I ask Jesus? Jesus died for my sin, rose from the dead, and His shed blood paid for my sin. So I just say, Jesus, please forgive me, or whatever He's, whatever He's doing. I lay it at the foot of the cross. And guess what God says? That's all I needed. Step one: say claim the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Step two is establish a contract or agreement. You got to break this contract. And establish this contract. In other words, I break all my agreements with the devil. Whatever whatever it is, and God in a moment by moment, daily by daily, reveal to me what I am doing. That is establishing an agreement with Him and not agreeing with you. You are either agreeing with the, the devil or you are agreeing with God. There's no such thing as agreeing with yourself or some friend. It's one or the other. So if you live in this constant space of Holy Spirit, continue to show me where I have agreements so I can break them, so I can establish agreements with God. And what does that mean? With what God has prophetically testified is your life. I don't want to live your life. You do not want to live my life. You want to live your life. What is the book? What is the testimony? The prophetic testimony of your kingdom purpose. That's all you need to be consumed with. Stop praying for stuff that's irrelevant. And I'm not saying you can't pray for just whatever, but say, Lord, What do you want me to do? Who do you want me to be? This right here in your kingdom purpose, Psalm 139, that your life before your days were fashioned, before you were were, were ever formed, God declared in a book, testimony, who you were. Imagine if you said, Holy Spirit, what am I being accused of? I break that, I denounce that. What do you want me to be? I want to know what that is. And number three, three steps. Commit to doing whatever it takes. To fulfill your prophetic testimony, Revelation 12:11. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. I break my agreements and I claim the blood over it, cleanse it from my life. Number two, the word of the testimony. I want my living testimony to be in agreement and submission to your prophetic testimony. My book, whatever you want. That's what I want my life to be. I don't want my life to be anything else. I don't have any plans better than God's plans. You don't have any plans better than God's plans. I don't, you may think you're smart, you ain't smarter than God. Say amen if you know you're not smarter than God. And 24-7 to 365 days a year, not for one second are you smarter than God. And and if you say, God, whatever you want, whatever you want, whatever you want. I heard this powerful statement yesterday at a Sean Bowles conference. And he was saying, we got to surrender not only, God, here's my goal. You have to surrender to God your process. God, I want to get married. Okay, quit your job. Uh, You want to get married, quit your job. Well, quit your job. You find yourself in an unemployment line, in an unemployment line. You come to the front of the line and you say, Listen, God told me to quit my job. And he goes, God told me to work here. And you get married to that guy. I'm just saying, that's how it can happen. <laughs> God is always smarter than you. Number C, let us see. Commit to doing whatever it takes to fulfill your prophetic testimony. The Bible says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. They did not love their lives to the death. What that means is that I will die trying. How many of you are so fragile when it comes to criticism? That you will only obey God and do godly things in like a church environment. But you won't bring this to work. Put it on your desk. You won't ask people to pray in your family. You won't share your faith because you're scared about being criticized. These guys said, I will die. Now, that's a big statement. We don't have people dying for our faith in in, in our culture. So it's kind of way out there. But how bold. When God asks you to do something, do you weigh? Is it going to be uncomfortable? That's not my style. I'm I'm not a people person. Whatever it is. Um, stop. Get over yourself. God's saying, I die for you. You do me no good if you're gonna check with your the devil. Is it gonna be okay? God asked you to, God asks you to obey, and you say, devil, is this gonna be uncomfortable for me? I claim the blood. I declare agreement with my testimony. And then I say, Lord, I will do whatever it takes. Say, do whatever it takes. That's where the rubber meets the road. Because tomorrow, the devil's gonna come after you. Next week, the devil's gonna come after you. So in a minute, we're gonna pray in all the campuses. I'm gonna ask you in a minute, I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads. And what I'm gonna do when I'm praying is I'm gonna ask you if you want to break this covenant, break these agreements with the devil and establish an agreement with God, if you wanna break these. Tear up these contracts. I'm gonna ask you in a minute after we pray to get up out of your seat in all the campuses, and I'm gonna pray over all the campuses. I'm gonna ask you to get out of your seat and come down to the altar and, and, and where, or wherever you can go and kneel. And we're gonna to pray together and denounce these agreements. Now, understand this once you denounce the agreement, it don't mean it's over. You gotta denounce every day. Because he's coming back. You say, I'm not gonna watch pornography again. Well, guess, when you, guess what's happening when you get home? It's still gonna be there. So what are you going to do? So you, if this is the beginning of a new life. But at least you have to acknowledge, yes, I got contracts. And if every single day you ask the Holy Spirit, reveal to me what are the agreements I have. How could I say I love God and yet I got deals with Satan, Satan, Satan. Let's all bow our heads and pray. Eyes closed, heads bowed and all the campuses, everybody can hear me. If you're watching online all over the world, you can hear me. In a second, as I'm praying, I'm going to ask you to come forward. In a second. And just to get on your knees. And if people start getting up, don't start clapping. Keep your head down. This is all private between you and God. And you're going to come down to the altar or in the aisles and kneel down. If you are watching home and your computer somewhere around the world, I'm going to ask you to get on your knees right there. And we're going to say a prayer all together, all around the world to break these agreements with the devil. Understand he's coming after you. But you have to understand you are establishing clarity about your commitment to Jesus. So beginning right now, eyes closed, heads bowed. If you are saying, yes, I want to break my covenants, my agreements, my contracts with Satan. And I want to establish a clarity about my agreement and submission to God's plan for my life. I want to cover my sin with the blood of the lamb. And I want to commit to doing whatever I got to do to obey God. Right now, eyes closed, heads bowed. I just want you to get up out of your seat in all the campuses, come down to the altar and get on your knees. Right now, God bless you. Just get up on your knees. No clapping, no clapping. This is between you and God. Just get up quiet and get off your knees and come all the way down to the pack out the front of all the sanctuaries. God bless you. If you're online, get on your knees. If you're a microsite, get on your knees. God wants to do something in your life. The devil is about real life and death. He wants to destroy you. Just look around at your family, your friends, and all the lives and marriages, the health, come all the way down, all the way down to the middle here, and all the way down in front of the altars and all the campuses. Get up out of your seat. Get up out of your seat. God bless you. If you're in the balcony here, you can just get in the aisle right where you're at. Get on your knees right where you're at. But God is saying, you're going to either agree with me or you're not. And if you're not, then you have to decide Be. Be clear by saying no to God who you are saying yes to. This is no joke. Anybody else? Get up out of your seat. God bless you. 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 Now, some of y'all, guess what's happening? The devil's saying, "Man, eh, yeah, come on, man. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. You're good. That's exactly what he told Jimmy. That's why he ended up outside the gate. You're good. So I'm going to take another minute. Anybody else got to get up out of their seat or get on their knees, right where they're at? Get on your knees, right where you're sitting. Come on. Everybody else on their knees. If you're on your knees, I just want you to raise your hand so I can see all the people who are still in their seats. Very good, very good, very good, excellent. I want you to pray this out loud to me. There's power in your words. Out loud on all the campuses, say, Dear God, you have been 100% faithful to me. I have no reason at all not to trust you with my whole life, with every area of my life. Satan is a liar, he's a murderer, he's a destroyer, he's a thief, he's a deceiver, and I denounce every agreement. And contract I have with him. I claim the blood of Jesus over my life. I know Satan will come back at me. So I will do this every day. I submit to Jesus. I establish agreement with his testimony of my life. I want my living testimony to be equal to God's prophetic testimony. Of my life, I want to live out my book. I want to fulfill God's plan in my life. And I commit to doing everything I can to fulfill God's plan in my life. I need personal accountability. If I gotta get in a D group, an R group, I commit to doing whatever I gotta to do, to fulfilling God's plan in my life. I pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, who died and rose from the dead on my behalf. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Don't move, let's clap. Amen. Come on now, church.